I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we kicked off last Sunday a series walking through the Lord's Prayer together, and I told you last week entering into that that we were going to go really, really slow, and we were going to focus in every single week on just a small portion of this prayer together, and so this morning we're going to focus in on verse 9 as we consider the privilege of prayer. As we do that, I want to ask you a simple question. Who is the most famous person that you have ever had the privilege of meeting? Just think that in your mind, the most famous person you ever had the privilege of meeting. Here's what you need to know about me. I am an absolute history nerd. I majored in history in college, and so I like to read history books. That's okay, right? I like to read history books. I like especially presidential history. So for me, I love to read about our presidents and read biographies and autobiographies. And so the very first church I served in as a student pastor right out of seminary was only a few miles down the road from Plains, Georgia. And Plains, Georgia is the home of Jimmy Carter, our 39th president of the United States. And I had a friend whose kids were in our student ministry that was the head of the Jimmy Carter National Historic Site. I don't care what you think about Jimmy Carter, all right? Let's just stop there. We're not even getting into that, okay? Some of y'all were old enough to vote for him, though, true? Yep. So here's the thing. He called me and he said, hey, Michael, I would love, we're doing President's Day, they're doing a big program, and I would love if you would come as my guest. And uh, I said, Gary, I'd love to do that. I'll come. And so I went. Now, the, the auditorium and the schoolhouse there was full, and he brought me down to the third seat over, there were three empty seats, and he sat me right there. And about 30 seconds before the program started, I kind of noticed some commotion behind me, and all of a sudden, President and Mrs. Carter come and sit right next to me. And then right behind them were two Secret Service agents. And so I look... And then I look back, and I tell myself, don't make any sudden movements, Michael. <laughs> don't do that. It's not going to turn out good for you. And, and so I could tell that president sitting next to me probably has been in that situation before, didn't really know what to say. And he simply turned to me, and he said, hey, I'm Jimmy. I thought, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Regardless of what you think about it, that's pretty cool, Right? Now, here's the thing. When we talk about prayer, think about the most famous person that you've ever encountered and put it into perspective that when we pray, we are praying to the God of the universe. It is an incredible privilege to be able to go to God in prayer, to commune with him, to spend time with him. I want to read the text for us this morning. As I told you last week, every single week we're going to read the same verses and then we'll dive in, really zoom in on a certain part. This morning that will be verse 9, but I want to read for us again to give us the flavor of the passage here as we think about 
the Lord's Prayer together as we think about Jesus' disciples saying to him, teach us not how to walk on water, not how to perform miracles. Jesus, teach us to pray like you pray. Notice with me in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. You would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit this morning. We ask all of this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. As we look at this text this morning, as we focus in, zoom in on verse 9 together, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together, and it's this. I've said it already. It is an incredible privilege to be able to approach God in prayer. It is an incredible privilege for you and for me to be able to approach God in prayer. As we think about what is going on in this passage, we looked last week and focused in on the posture of prayer in terms of how do we approach God. Remember last week Jesus gave us, here's how you don't do it and here's how you do it with two examples. One, the religious leaders of the day. Jesus said, don't follow their example. Two was the pagans of the day. Don't follow their example. But Jesus said, pray like this. This is the posture that we approach prayer. If you missed last week, you can always log back in to our website or Facebook page or podcast feed, whatever you would like, and be able to catch up where we were last week. But this morning, we're going to focus in on verse 9, where Jesus utters at the beginning these words, pray then like this. Here is how you pray. And we're going to focus in on the first part there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What I want to do as we walk through just those words together is to break them into three sections. We're going to focus first on the term our Father. We're going to look at that and consider that. And then we're going to consider the phrase in heaven. And then lastly, we'll look at this last part, hallowed be your name. 
So as we look at the first part there, our Father, I want you to write down this first truth that we see here. As Jesus is teaching us how to pray, we approach God in prayer with the assurance of a relationship. We approach God in prayer on the basis with the assurance of our relationship with Him. So Jesus teaching His disciples, teaching us how to pray begins with the words, Our Father. Now here's what you need to know. For Jesus to start prayer in this way, for the religious leaders of Jesus' day would have thrown them entirely for a loop. In fact, for the people of Jesus' day, they would not have really, truly understood or been able to dial in to approaching God on the basis of an intimate personal relationship with Him. God was always viewed as distant, as not a part of a person's individual private life. In fact, they would have looked at Jesus saying this and go, are you crazy? What do you mean by approaching God in such a casual way as to say about God, our Father? Well, I'll put it into perspective because Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father. The second person of the Trinity who stepped foot out of the glories of heaven and came to this earth and took on human flesh and dwelt among us. He is the Son of the Father. So for us, we look at this and go, of course that makes sense. For the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they would have said, no way can you approach God like that. But Jesus says, well, he's my father. So Jesus approaches God from that vantage point, from that perspective. And here's the beautiful thing for you and for me. If we have taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Scripture reminds us that we too have the privilege to approach God on the basis of our relationship with Him on what Jesus Christ has accomplished on our behalf. No longer are we enemies of God. No longer is God distant from us. In fact, we are children of God. God. So when we approach God, we approach Him as not a distant God, but as our heavenly Father. Not on the basis of anything that we've done, but totally on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. Christ's righteousness covers our sin, and we are adopted into the family of God. We are His children if we've trusted Christ as our Savior. So Jesus for us in teaching us how to pray says, pray then like this, the starting point, the foundation, the basis of our ability to approach the throne of God is our relationship with our Heavenly Father on the basis of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, has accomplished on our behalf. In fact, we approach God from a position of intimacy, not a position of distance. I want you to 
notice if you look at Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read just this morning verses 3 through 14 to drive home this truth that we see that our prayer, we approach God on the basis of our relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. You may want to write this just so this week you can go back and spend some time in Ephesians chapter 1 so you could write that beside verse 9 and Matthew chapter 6. But notice, beginning in verse 3, this is how Paul describes those of us who have taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Notice how he describes this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Listen to this, in love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him, that's Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, that's in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, that is you and that is me Not on the basis of what we've done, but on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf, we have the privilege to call ourselves the sons and the daughters of God. So when we approach Him in prayer, we come on the foundation of the assurance of our relationship with Him. Every time that I talk to my grandmother on the phone, she always ends the conversation the exact same way every single time. She says these words, doll baby. That's what she calls me and my brother. Doll baby, if you ever need anything, you call me. Doll baby, if you ever need anything, you call me. I was talking to my mom one day and we were talking about that. I said, you know, it's really, it's interesting that, that that's what she says. And my mom said, well, you know what she means by that, right? And I said, what do you mean? She said, what she means is that if you have a dead body to bury, she's bringing the shovel. <laughs> Grandparents, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
But why? It's on the basis of my relationship with her. And for us as children of God, if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you have the privilege and the opportunity to approach your heavenly Father in prayer. And he is a perfect heavenly Father who desires to hear from his children. We are not bothering God when we come to him in prayer. Now, parents, I totally understand having two children of my own. Sometimes you say, I'm tired of you coming to me and asking me for snacks, right? I don't want to hear it anymore. God never operates like that with us. He is a perfect heavenly Father that desires to hear from his children. Now, you may be here this morning And when we talk about being a child of God, you do not find yourself in that position because you've not yet trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. For every single one of us who have taken that step of trusting in Jesus for our salvation, we have the privilege to come to God as our Heavenly Father. But what I want you to know this morning, if you've never taken that step to trust in Jesus, to have your sins forgiven, to be brought in to the family of God on the basis of his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection securing salvation for you, you have the ability this morning to take that step. To be transferred from being an enemy of God, deserving of his wrath, which is where you sit today, to being transformed to a child of God. To be able to call God your heavenly Father to sit in a position where all the inheritance coming to His Son Jesus is also yours as His child. You don't have to stay where you are this morning. You can take that step and become today a child of God. Jesus begins teaching us about prayer with that phrase, our Father. And then he adds, in heaven. So not only do we approach God in prayer with the assurance of a relationship with him, but I want you to notice secondly, we approach God in prayer with the perspective of all. You know, if you didn't have in heaven there, it could very easily be looked at and say that this is just a casual relationship, not really that big of a deal. But Jesus reminds us as he's teaching us about prayer, that yes, we approach God from the position of a relationship with him, but never lose sight of the fact that we are approaching the very God of the universe. We are approaching a God as we've been studying through the beginning of our series through the book of Genesis who has spoken all of creation into existence. We are talking about the God who by his very words is able to send trillions of stars into existence, galaxies untold into existence, who is able to craft and create humankind in his very image. That as we read about in Psalm 19, this creation that he has spoken into existence is a billboard day in and day out declaring the glory of God. 
When we approach God in prayer, we approach him on the basis of our relationship. That's what makes it possible. But please hear me this morning. Don't ever lose the sense of awe of our God. Don't ever lose the sense of awe that he is the creator of everything that exists. That he spoke creation into existence, but scripture reminds us not only that, but he is the God who also sustains everything in existence. He spoke it and then he holds it. And don't ever lose sight of the fact that creation is heading in one direction and that is his ultimate rule and reign for all eternity. When we approach God in prayer, yes, we approach him on the basis of our relationship. He is our heavenly father, but he is the God who sits in the heavens. He is the God who holds the hearts of kings in his hand. He is the God whose scripture reminds us that the earth is simply his footstool where he rests his feet. Never lose sight of the awe of our God. We come to God on the basis of our relationship with Him, but we come, if we're coming rightly, with a sense of amazement and wonder at who He is. If you've ever been in a location where you've seen a landscape or you've seen a sunrise or a sunset, or you've seen trees, or you've seen a four, or you've seen leaves change, and you just kind of step back for a minute and just say, wow. Our family experienced that when we were able to go to Yosemite a few years ago, and driving down the roads, you come to what's called tunnel view, and you see just laid before you God's handiwork, God's masterpiece, and you look, and you just simply go, wow. And let's put this into perspective. The God who created that by his very word is the God we have the privilege of coming to in prayer. It should cause us to step back and to say, wow. We come to God on the basis of our relationship with Him. We come to God with a perspective of awe. But I want you to notice that with those, our Father in heaven, the tension of the personal intimate relationship with the reality that we are talking about, the creator of the universe, the tension in those Jesus gives us in this last phrase of verse 9. An incredible perspective. He says, hallowed be your name. I want you to notice the third truth in that phrase. We approach God in prayer with the desire to worship. You know, it's interesting. We could look and see him follow up our Father in heaven God, here's what I need you to do. 
Our Father in heaven, here's what's going on in my life. But notice that Jesus follows up our Father in heaven with hallowed be your name. In fact, this phrase here is giving us an opportunity as we approach God in prayer to tune our hearts to the reality that prayer is ultimately not about us. That our lives ultimately are not about us. Our lives ultimately are about God's fame and God's name spreading throughout this world. And so in this, what... Jesus does is give us an opportunity as we approach God in prayer on the basis of our relationship with him, on the basis of all of who he is, to tune our hearts to the reality that our goal, our aim, our heartbeat as followers of Jesus should be that God's name and fame goes out throughout this world. So we change from, okay, God, here is what I need to the realization what this world needs desperately is to submit to who God is and what he's done. For us as followers of Jesus, as we approach God in prayer, that should be our heartbeat that we would see the opportunity as we approach him in prayer, not primarily to get something out of God, but ultimately to tune our hearts to the realization that prayer ultimately is about preparing ourselves to make God's name and fame great in this world. In fact, when you look at the commission that Jesus gave his disciples before he left this earth. It was to go and make more disciples so that for every single one of us as a follower of Jesus, our privilege is to make his name and fame great on this earth. And so Jesus teaching us how to pray to our heavenly father grounds us with that reminder that this is not ultimately about us that this is ultimately about what should have been taking place for all of history. And that is people from every tribe, tongue, nation, every single person that God has given breath to praise Him. And for us in our hearts before Him to say, that's my heartbeat. That is my desire In the same way that our musicians up here tune their instruments so that the sound that comes out is what it's supposed to be, our hearts need to be tuned in the same way as we approach God in prayer so that what comes out of our lives is a desire to make God's name and fame great in this world. Every single one of us who's a follower of Jesus this morning has the privilege to approach God in prayer with the assurance of a relationship with Him, with the perspective of awe and amazement that the God of the universe would hear from us, and then with the opportunity to tune our hearts to tune our lives, to allow the desire, the burning 
desire of our heart be that his fame and his name spreads on this earth. I want to ask you, if you would, this morning to bow your head with me and to close your eyes. Our worship team will make their way back up. As we have an opportunity this morning to respond to God's word, maybe you have come in this morning and for you, as we talk about approaching God on the basis of a relationship, it's simply shown you that you don't yet have that relationship with him. And I want you to hear the good news of the gospel this morning. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in the position of being an enemy of God, deserving his wrath because of your sin. You today can have your sins forgiven and to be brought into the family of God on the basis of what Jesus Christ, his son, accomplished for you through his death on the cross, through his resurrection. So for you this morning, that's the step that you need to take so that you today can enter into the family of God, so that you today can leave here with the assurance that you are a child of God. If that's the step that you need to take this morning, we'd love nothing more than to help you take that step. If you want to talk with a pastor, we're available. We'd love to do that. If you've got more questions, just fill out a connection card. Drop that off at the welcome table, and we'd love to follow up with you. But if you're ready to take that step right now, God knows your heart. There's no magic formula. There's no magic prayer. It's simply you communicating to him your recognition that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. That you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that he rose from the grave securing salvation and you desire today to receive that free gift, to be brought into the family of God. Between you and the Lord this morning, you have the opportunity to take that step if you are a follower of Jesus already this morning, maybe for you, you came in struggling today, burdened down, overwhelmed, anxious about the unknown, and like a little child that simply crawls up into the lap of their father, the step you need to take today is to do that with your heavenly father simply crawl up in his lap today to commune with him, to experience his arms of mercy and grace wrapped around you. You have the privilege today to come to him as your heavenly father. Maybe this morning for you, this has exposed just a casualness in your prayer life. As a follower of Jesus, just a lack of understanding and recognition that you're approaching the God of the universe. That his call for you is to make his name and fame great on this earth. And you've primarily thought this whole idea of prayer is about you. 
you have the opportunity this morning to simply confess that to the Lord, to retune your heart today, to realize ultimately this is about Him. And you tuning your heart so that it is prepared to make His name and fame great on this earth. Father, we ask this morning that you would work in our hearts and our lives, that your spirit would bring conviction and courage to take the step that we need to take today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand this morning as we sing? Myself, Pastor Aaron will be down front. Our altar is open. This is an opportunity for you to respond to the Lord as he leads. Thank you.